The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, there are thousands of supplements out there, and it's tough to make sense of the claims made by some of these products. Today, we'll help you sort through these claims so you know what to look for. But first up, Dan Lifton is the CEO of Quality of Life Labs and a director of educational outreach for the AHCC Research Association. Over the past five years, he has coordinated clinical research studies and led a variety of educational initiatives to introduce AHCC to clinicians worldwide. Dan is an authority on evidence-based dietary supplements and has been a leading advocate for the adoption of clinically supported natural compounds by the mainstream medical community. And we welcome him to the Mother's Market Radio Show. Dan, how are you? Great. Thank you for having me on the show, Kim. Thank you for being here. Why don't you fill our audience a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to the show's topic today? Absolutely. Our mission is to bring health to the consumers, and we believe that the way to do that is through education. If consumers can understand what products in this very crowded and challenging marketplace are best for them, they will be able to make highly educated decisions that truly benefit them. And we're fortunate to be in the industry where there are a lot of companies that have a similar mission, but like with any other industry, you have rotten apples. So we believe that by educating consumers, we can make sure that the products and the practices they bring into their life are truly best for them. Excellent. Um, today we're talking about the help, helping consumers make sense of scientific claims on nutritional supplement products. So let me ask, let's start by asking you, why is there so much confusion among consumers in understanding the level of scientific support behind nutritional supplements? The answer is that it is an area that is difficult to understand. Consumers want products that are effective. But to understand and differentiate between the products in the marketplace requires some technical understanding that most consumers don't have. So what we actually spend a lot of our time doing, both working with consumers as well as uh, retailers such as Mother's Market, is on helping consumers understand the science and the labels behind the products. The reason why you have this level of confusion is that if you look at the brands out there, everybody is evidence-backed, scientifically validated, researched, etc. But the question is, what does that language really mean? Well, there are three ways to really research whether an ingredient works. You can perform test tube studies, also known as in vitro studies, which are good to understand the basics of science, but are very unreliable in terms of ultimately determining whether the product works in humans. Then you have your animal studies, which ethical issues aside, uh, again, provide evidence on safety, so they're very good for safety testing, but they actually shed very little light on whether it works in humans, because 90% of products, whether they're pharmaceutical or, or natural, that work in animals actually don't translate into humans. They say, well, you know, we've managed to, you know, cancer, uh, cure cancer in rats, but unfortunately, obviously, we're far away from that goal in humans. And then the real goal standard, and really the only way to reliably determine whether or not an ingredient or product is effective, is to actually test them in human studies. So what consumers need to look for is ingredients and products that have been validated in human clinical studies. Clinical means human. It can be clinical is not an animal study or in vitro study. So it's really important to ask that question and often to even take a step forward and say, 
Show me the studies. I want to see the human studies. How large are they? Were they published in prestigious journals that are uh, listed in Medline, which is the National Institutes of Health reference base? And uh, we encourage our consumers to ask those questions and to do that research because it would help them separate kind of the fluff from the real thing. Hmm. Excellent. Is this level of confusion inevitable or can supplemental or supplement companies do more to create uh, cl greater clarity? I certainly think there is an opportunity for that type of education. Uh, one of the holdbacks is that um, um, a lot of the brands will carry both ingredients and supplements that do have human studies and some that do not, that are only backed by, let's say, animal studies. And, you know, there's some ingredients that have become very popular in spite of the lack of human studies. Uh, the best example has been the raspberry ketones. As everybody knows, Dr. Oz talked about it. Next thing it shows up everywhere, including Walmart. And, uh, but that was only studied in rats and it did show promising benefits, but again, no human studies. So um, there is uh, you know, some uh, motivation to not necessarily convey that message to the consumers, but we believe that uh, as an industry as a whole, and particularly the high quality supplement brands, uh, should educate their consumers, even if they don't have human studies on everything, so that at least they can promote those products. And as our industry is growing up, we are seeing more and more human research on ingredients. And actually, our parent company, Maypro, that supplies ingredients to a lot of brands in the industry, um, has focused on bringing those types of products uh, to the market. Um, so we certainly call on other brands. And as a part of our mission, we try to explain to consumers when they need human studies. And they need to really understand the basics of the science instead of relying on some guy on the radio who promises the world but may not actually you know, have the backing to validate it. And that's so important. I, I wanted to talk about what quality of life. Quality of life takes a very methodical approach to explaining the level of effic efficiency of your products. And can you elaborate on that? Sure. So we decided to build our entire brand around the idea of uh, clinical proof, meaning proof in humans, and transparency so that we can educate and really uh, not just make the claim, but mm -hmm. actually encourage the consumer to go out and research that ourselves. So we have a promise or a guarantee to the consumers that every single ingredient in every single quality of life product is backed by human clinical studies and is actually delivered in the same dosage as it was tested in the human studies, which is a bit of a separate issue that um, hopefully I'll talk about later. But uh, this is a guarantee that we're absolutely religious about. And what we do is we actually encourage our consumers to go and research that ourselves. So on our website, if you go to qualityoflife.net slash proof, and you can also access it through the homepage, you can go on a page and click on any one of our products. Um, you'll see the supplement facts box pop up. You can then click on any ingredient of choice, and you will be taken to a third-party research site, which is humanclinicals.org that we, that we uh, have set up. And you will be able to see a summary of every study on every ingredient there. How many patients are on, you know, participating in the study, what they studied, uh, what they found, and we use consumer-friendly layman language to explain it. So like we say, don't take our word for it. Come and basically check out the proof. And again, we haven't seen other folks do it. We set up humanclinicals.org so that other brands actually can do that and can promote their products that way. Um, and so we drive home the message, and then we ask people to basically research it ourselves. And we've had phenomenal feedback from consumers, from retailers, from store owners, store managers, doctors. So um, we're very excited about that initiative. 
I, I, I am interested in finding out too about, you know, with that human clinicals, you know, what their requirements are. And I know it, you're talking about that right now, but, you know, are these people that are interested um, becoming a clinical study, um, what are their requirements? I mean, do they, are these people that have cancer? Are these people, wh who are these humans that are interested? Sure. So um, when you go, for example, on the summaries on the Human Clinicals website, we actually show who the subjects of the study were. So whether they were, you know, healthy, healthy, maybe elderly, mm -hmm. cancer patients, et cetera, because, Kim, you're asking the right question. You need to look at the population mm -hmm. type before really being able to determine whether the product is right for you. So if you, you know, if, if somebody, you know, God forbid, has IBS, but a study was done on healthy individuals, well, will that help them? We don't know. And basically, same thing, vice versa. Uh, what we try to do with the ingredients we use is use products that have been tested both in human, in healthy adults, as well as people with specific conditions. So that way, we can talk about potentially, uh, you know, prevention in sort of structure function, uh, specific language, or being able to basically target those groups. The reason why we set this up as a third-party site and why we think it's so important is that obviously we have regulatory constraints in our industry. Uh, that prevents us from being able to talk about that. Right. But as long as these are third-party commercial materials on ingredients, you know, herbs rather than finished products, we're able to educate people, and we have this whole double-click rule where you go from our website to the third-party site, and again, we create as a public service. So uh, it's a way for us to really educate consumers about the science, and that, we believe, more than anything else, can really drive demand for our industry because... Ultimately, people will continue buying products if they work. Mm -hmm. And if you select products that have been shown to be effective in human studies, they are much more likely to work than products that haven't been tested. So let's educate consumers. Let's get them to take the products that actually have been shown to work. They will come back and buy more. They will be healthier. Our economy will grow. And it's truly a win-win. Right. Okay, next question I have is uh, one of the areas of confusion for consumers is related to doses. And what are some of the pointers that you can provide to consumers uh, in their regard to dosage? Uh, great question, as I, as I referenced earlier, and it's something that we spend a lot of time on as well. If you're a consumer and you pick up a bottle and you see, you know, turmeric or curcumin, so you see, you know, four milligrams, and there's a mass market now, sort of a Fortune 500 brand that, that I saw this on their multivitamin. So they say four milligrams. And people pick up, they're like, well, you know, I've heard of curcumin, turmeric, sounds good, four milligrams. I mean, what do you know? Well, all of the studies on curcumin have been done on anywhere between 500 milligrams and even two grams. There's nothing even close to four milligrams. So this is what we call fair dusting. You're basically sprinkling something into the formula so you can tell consumers you have it. Uh, you're getting no benefits. It's like eating, you know, half a blueberry a day uh, and expecting some kind of a result. So the way that clinical studies work is that you show that an ingredient or a finished product is effective at a certain dose. Just because you've shown that something's effective at a gram does not indicate whether it's effective at 500 milligrams or 200 milligrams or 50 milligrams. That's common sense. The problem is that consumers have a really difficult time discerning because how do you do the research? So again, what we try to do is we keep it simple. So on our website, we actually have a box called the dosage table where we say, here's the dosage that was used 
in the clinical studies, and here's the dosage that's used in our product. Mm. Likewise, when you go to the humanclinicals.org, we specify it's very easy to see, here's the dosage that was used in the studies. So, and we make that guarantee, we will not use any ingredient in a dosage that's below the level listed in the studies. It's a religious guarantee, like I said. Um, we haven't seen other people do it because, again, it, you know, it's sometimes challenging. But we believe is if you don't have the proof, don't use it. And if you don't have the dosage that's in line with the studies, you're putting a product in that you don't know really if it works. So uh, we think it's really important and we encourage consumers to pay attention to this area on the label as well. That's, um, that's great, and that's, um, again, almost a guarantee there. So far, you, it's worked so far. Um, on the supplements facts, you often find herbs that have standardized to a certain active fraction. What should cus- uh, consumers look for in this regard? Um, now we're getting e- into an area that's even more challenging and technical for consumers to understand because um, you have, let's say, an herb like echinacea. Well, you have different species of echinacea, you have roots versus, you have leaves versus aerial parts. Uh, furthermore, when you extract an herb, you're able to standardize a certain active ingredient. So you extract it in a certain way uh, where you test it and you say, okay, this active fraction, because obviously these are complex full spectrum herbs that have a lot of different active ingredients. But if you believe that a certain active ingredient, and there's research, that shows that it's effective, you need to make sure that you're delivering enough of that ingredient. And guess what? Again, you have to go to the human clinical studies and make sure that the study that was done used the same species of the herb, same parts, so aerial parts or leaves, and that it's been standardized to the same level of active ingredient. So again, when we summarize the studies and we're dealing with complex herbs, we specify that, and then we make sure that the ingredient, the herb we use in a quality of life product matches that exactly. So um, again, uh, it's difficult for the consumer to be able to do that research in every ingredient. So we do explain to the consumers, we make this promise when you grab a quality of life product off the shelf, you can be confident of that. But we believe that claims are great, but you need to empower consumers to go and do that research. So again, we encourage people to visit, do their homework, because we know they'll emerge and they'll say, wow, what I'm getting in the bottle is exactly what's been what's been shown in the study, as opposed to saying, oh, I heard echinacea is good for you. Let me go and pick up a bottle of that at Walmart. Uh, chances are you're not going to get the same thing because obviously a lot of price pressure there and people try to use the cheapest herb rather than the one that's been studied in humans. Right, but again, the dosage, you've already done that, but then you've also empowered the consumer to uh, do their bit of homework as well. Absolutely. Well, this is very interesting information, and uh, right now we have to take a quick break, but more with Dan in just a moment. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. 
The first-of-its-kind, comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor-formulated solutions at each stage with clinically-backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. And welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for radio and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Quality of Life Labs CEO, Dan Lifton. We're talking about helping consumers make sense of scientific claims on nutritional supplement products. It's so really interesting. Dan, how does, uh, well, many products claim to have superior bioavailability or absorption. Uh, how can consumers check the, uh, vil- the validity of this? In a, basically the same way that consumers can check the validity of product efficacy in general based on the human studies. What we see in this superior bioavailability movement is that people will often use, again, in vitro or test tube studies to try to show that their ingredient is more effective than what else is in the marketplace. So what that generally involves is they basically take a test tube, uh, they try to replicate the pH of the stomach, and they uh, show uh, that the ingredient is better absorbed in a test tube, and they say, well, if it's better absorbed in a test tube, then that must work in a human. Unfortunately, just because something works on a test tube doesn't necessarily mean it will work in the human body, which is infinitely complex. Furthermore, in the case of many ingredients, you're trying to actually increase the level of that active ingredient in the blood uh, to reduce inflammation or create some other benefits, so CoQ10, curcumin, a variety of other things. So you may actually be absorbing it in your intestinal lining, but it may not actually be being absorbed in the blood, which means that it really produced no benefit. So in order to validate that a product is truly superior in terms of its absorption, you have to produce data in humans. So for example, we have a line of so-called SR vitamins, sustained release vitamins. So uh, CoQ10 SR, curcumin SR, resveratrol SR, we'll be launching PQQ SR. So what we do is we basically have a group of people come in and they take the regular CoQ10 and we test the levels of CoQ10 in the blood. We then send them home for a week uh, for a so-called washout period because they need to get all the CoQ10 out of the blood so that they're fresh. Then they come back and we give them the sustained release version, the CoQ10 SR. And we look at their levels of CoQ10 in the blood and we test it actually every like one hour, two, three, six, 12, 24 hours. And then we see and we compare the levels, what happened last week with the regular and what happens with the CoQ10 SR. And then when we show those two graphs, we're able to show the enhancement that we get in the human serum, and then it becomes meaningful. Hmm. So in CoQ10, for example, we were able to show that it's a 24-hour sustained release, which means you take it once a day instead of having to take in the AM and the PM, which was how a lot of the other studies took place with other ingredients that, again, consumers don't get it. They say, I'll pop it once a day, that's it. Hmm. Um, Secondly, what's interesting is we've been able to show that we uh, triple bioavailability in 100% of the people. One of the things people don't realize is that you often have a bell curve. So you get some people that get a great improvement, but some people that don't. And none of us know whether or not we're good absorbers or bad absorbers of CoQ10. So if you can provide the sustained release, if you can provide improved bioavailability, and if you can create this universal enhancement, then you've really struck a home run. And you have to demonstrate in the human studies. So again, we try to educate consumers so they can understand that, because if they see a pretty graph, uh, and they don't look into, well, was this tested in humans, or was this just done mm-hmm. as a dissolution study? 
then they be, may be gravely misled. Wow, that's fascinating. And there you go. And that's your study right there. So um, that's, and I like your analogy too, the test tube. Quality of life, several products with enhanced um, bioavailability claims. What research do you rely on to support these claims then? So again, human, human, human. So what we do is we do start with a dissolution study to optimize the formula. Then we'll do a two-person human clinical, again, just to validate, hey, this works. And then we move on and we do a larger clinical, so usually 10 patients. You don't need huge studies to be able to demonstrate the bioavailability enhancement because you're actually using people as their own control. So what we mean is we have the same individual coming in in week one, testing out the regular CoQ10, as then that same person comes back basically a week later. So you can see how that person has done. You don't have the kind of intervariance in biochemistry that you get when you have two groups that's completely separate. So um, we don't rely on that for the efficacy. We obviously know that there's so much data out there on the efficacy of CoQ10. Nobody's questioning that. We're just demonstrating that you're improving absorption. So in case of that, you go, it's 100 milligrams a day, but you're getting an equivalent of 300 milligrams. And the most important thing, again, is you're effectively guaranteed that absorption because we've shown efficacy in, uh, in basically universally. So we have a 20-person study where every single person tripled their CoQ10 levels or more. And it's actually interesting. So a lot of times you see on the labels, you know, improves by availability by up to 10 times. Up to is, that's a warning flag because you could have a study with 100 people, you've got one person that's got 8X and now you can say, hey, it's up to it's 8X. Up to, so. You need to make sure that you're increasing in everybody because you could be a poor absorber and you want to be covered. It's like insurance. And mm, very, that's key, a key word there and that is your red flag. On topic of superior absorption, what about products claims that krill oil is a superior than fish oil in delivering EPA slash DHA? And are those, are those credible? Uh, krill oil is really a fantastic example. So there's definitely data to show that if EPA and DHA are bound with phospholipids, which is the case with krill and not with fish, they're better absorbed. So uh, that data makes it very compelling to take uh, krill oil supplements. Uh, we are big believers in krill oil. There are actually a number of human studies that have been shown the benefits of krill oil, particularly in regard to joint health and heart health in reducing some of the symptoms associated uh, with PMS. So we have both a men's Neptune krill oil formula and a women's Neptune krill oil formula. However, what we've done is we've actually taken it a step further and we said, there's all this data on krill oil. There's also great data on fish oil. Why don't we actually combine those two? So we launched a product called Krill Oil MD, um, where we combine krill oil with high concentration fish oil. So we get the enhanced bioavailability benefit of krill. We can fall back on a lot of the research that's been done on fish that hasn't yet been done on krill. We also get to a combined level of EPA DHA of 500 milligrams a day, which is recommended by the American Dietetic Association and uh, has been shown effective in a lot of human clinicals. And then we actually take a step further because one of the nutrients naturally present in krill oil is astaxanthin. Mm -hmm. And astaxanthin is a fantastic nutrient that's been used as a standalone recently, and there are some very nice human studies on that. But the level that's naturally present in krill is fairly low. So we actually add astaxanthin into the formula at a level where we get the human clinical data validation. And now, instead of buying a krill and a fish and an astaxanthin separately, you can get all three of them in a single formula. Um, and that's been uh, moving really, really well for us, and we're very excited about that product. 
Is that the your flagship product? It's, uh, you know, we have sort of the first generation flagship and still remains to be as our AHCC, the medicinal mushroom-based immune modulator, which, I mean, is just a miraculous product that I love to talk about. And we were actually, for the first five years of our existence, that's really what we focused on. And then as we launched the full line, we now have about 30 products. Uh, we've really focused on taking an ingredient that has a lot of data, like krill oil, for example, and taking it to the next level, delivering superior absorption, uh, combining in a synergistic way with other ingredients. And so from that perspective, in that new generation, krill oil MD has certainly uh, been a flagship for us. Um, can we talk a little bit about your AHCC now that we're, we've mentioned that, your your um, your flagship product? What is this? Yeah, absolutely. So, again, mushrooms are wonderful. There are a lot of mushroom products out there, but the question you have to ask is human studies. Um, there are 20 human clinical studies on AHCC. Uh, we actually have a website called uh, ahccresearch.org that has summaries of all those, and humanclinicals.org has that too. And uh, it's really just an amazing compound uh, that has been shown to be effective both in healthy adults as well as um, uh, individuals with a variety of health challenges. It's used very widely in oncology. Over 1,000 clinics in Japan use it. And uh, the way HCC works is that when you take it, the body basically recognizes it as a harmless external agent. So it basically... Uh, upregulates your immune system, but it doesn't overstimulate it. So it doesn't do what you know a lot of the pharmaceutical drugs out there uh, basically do. So if you have a uh, immune system that's not functioning at its peak levels, you're basically able to upregulate it and have it function optimally. But if you're perfectly healthy, uh, it doesn't overstimulate the immune system, which is really critical because if you overstimulate immunity, you get inflammation. Um, in fact, we have some data on AHCC down-regulating the immune system. So it really is this uh, balancing compound uh, that is so essential to take. We always talk about, we describe it as the multivitamin for your immune system. We know that we should all be taking multis. Um, and uh, the immune system is so critical to your overall health uh, that we believe that AHCC is a supplement that everybody should be taking to maintain their daily immunity. Uh, because if you look at a number of chronic conditions, I mean, even cancer, cancer is the result of a malfunctioning immune system. Our bodies are constantly producing cancer cells, and the natural killer cells, dendritic cells, and these other immune cells are basically zapping them. They're destroying them as soon as they're created, and that's what keeps us healthy. As people age, uh, and as their immune systems deteriorate, these cells tend to proliferate, which is why, you know, we, we know so many young people have been affected by cancer. We don't think about it as an age-related disease. Well, it is. Incident rises dramatically as we get older. So actually, uh, if men live long enough, uh, every, every man will eventually get prostate cancer. That's what the urologists say. Mm -hmm. So um, you need to maintain a healthy immune system to stave off these conditions. And we believe AHCC is a critical component of a regimen that everybody should be on. And one last question. You're making so many strides there. Another uh, complex category with a, a lot of com uh, comparative claims are probiotics. And uh, what should consumers look for uh, when evaluating a probiotic product? Great question. Avoid the billions, gazillions, trillions war, meaning all the brands out there, not all, but many of them, are saying, well, we're delivering 100 billion, 200 billion, and that's what's good for you. It doesn't matter how many billion you put in, you need to look at two things. Will these bacteria survive? Which means that when you look at the label, see if they can make a guarantee on the claim on the number of billions of CFUs of probiotic at date of expiration, not at date of manufacturing. 
It doesn't matter whether these bugs are live when they're produced. What matters is when they're live when you're taking them, when they're in your medicine cabinet or the kitchen. Number two is look at the human studies. If the study was done at five billion, it's perfectly fine to take a five billion product. Uh, so look at the human studies and make sure that the guaranteed potency in terms of live bacteria is a date of expiration, and that's critical. So with our ProBioPure product, we use a single strain from the largest dairy company in Japan called Morinaga Milk, and ProBioPure uses a clinically backed dosage, and we guarantee life potency at the time of expiration, which is key. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dan, and some great advice, and we really appreciate your knowledge, and we look forward to having you on again. But in the meantime, get more information on Dan and his website, qualityoflife.net. We look forward to our next visit. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.